All right, welcome to a special edition of the Rhythm Changes podcast, this being a bonus episode in the wake of Jazz at the Bolt. I had a phenomenal time. I feel very lucky to have been involved. Major respect to Corey, Tim, and the team. That was hundreds of people delighted by dozens of artists through the hard work of team people over a period of several months. This is audio from an Instagram Live that I did right after Jazz at the Bolt weekend talking about it. Going live. Going live. One, two, one, two. Yvonne is in the house. Hello. <laughs> holiday. Thank goodness it's a holiday today. After Jazz at the Bolt, feeling good. Hope you had fun. Going live today. Talk about Jazz at the Bolt, but also answer questions. Ask me anything. You could call it Monday school if you like, if you know what I'm saying. Going live. So I wanted to answer some questions. If anybody had any questions or anything they wanted to chat about. But I also have the Jazz of the Bolt program in front of me. So I go through the program and just give some reactions on how much fun I had. I hope you had an awesome weekend too. Clayton's in the house. Clayton played yesterday morning. We're talking Jazz of the Bolt. Also, and ask me anything. So if you got any questions, anything on your mind. Gordy's in the house. You call it Monday school if you want. You take some questions. Yeah, Gordy had his tune playing with cats that he played. We'll get there. If we talk about we go through the whole program, I'll talk about some of the things. Anything I remember. At this point, I'm just relying on memory. William Shoe's in the house. Going live post Jazz at the Bolt. Honestly, for me, going live right now is part of forcing myself to do nothing because I want to rest today because it's a holiday. There's a lot of things I want to get up and do, but also I'm exhausted. So one thing I can do to force myself to take a little break here is just come on here and chat. If you have any questions or anything on your mind, you can just ask me. I'll give a take on whatever. I'll answer whatever, but I just wanted to chill. I don't even know how long I have. I might get cut off and have to go suddenly here, but this is kind of an experiment because I never do lives. So I know Corey does this thing now where he goes live on Sundays. Obviously, he didn't do that yesterday. So when I was thinking about what I could do that would force myself to like chill and do nothing today, I thought I could just give this a shot and see what he felt like doing. But there's multiple people in here who have played yesterday. I've got the program in front of me too. So I can take a look at what happened and tell you everything I remember about what I heard because I heard almost everything. And again, if you have any questions about Vancouver Jazz, about Rhythm Changes, about Jazz of the Bolt, about stuff that's going on, you can jump in. But I've got the program, so I was just going to run through the program, talk about what I remember from everybody I heard, and then upload this on the Rhythm Changes podcast feed later. So then I have this kind of going back over everything that happened at Jazz of the Bold and all my reactions to it. But if you wanted to ask anything that was on your mind, you're also welcome to. So if we go back to Saturday, the first thing that we heard was Saba's 
Ronnie and Quartet. And that was an Infidel's presentation, so Tim's programming kicked it off. Tim and Corey are unreal, as you no doubt know if you're engaged in this community. Uh, every time I'm involved in something that they're doing, my respect for them goes up and up. So big thank you to Corey for being the man and putting it all together, and Tim for working so hard and making it all happen. I thought Saba's quartet set was very cool. The Ood and the voice in melody in unison together. It was really special. It was almost like a chordless group with free harmony sort of, but Saba's vocals are so solid and they lock in with those melodies when she sings with the Ood playing. It was, it was really special. And obviously, you know, starting Jazz at the Vault with Kenton Lowen on drums, that's pretty cool. That's maybe not what you would expect, but I really dug it. Sava's just a cool personality who I realized I don't know as well as I should. And I got to chat with her a little bit at this festival and it was a good spirit to kick things off. Then if we keep going on Saturday, we had the first book talk. So that's Chris Wong, the author with his book. Let me grab my copy. weird being on the having your name on the back of a book it's not something that i've experienced before probably never will again so thanks chris and with the book talks groups of mostly young musicians joined in to play music in between chris talking about his book journeys to the bandstand 30 jazz lives in vancouver and a variety of people in the community talking about the fraser mcpherson book by the now late Guy McPherson about his father, Fraser McPherson. Fraz, I don't have to go anywhere. I'm already here. That book coming out this spring. So both books are the most recent essential books about jazz in Vancouver. So it's an opportunity to talk about them and talk about the scene, the way it was back in the days of like the cave supper club and the original jazz seller. If, if you don't know what, those are then definitely read the books because that's a great starting point to learn about them one of the things that i recall from the book talks i didn't get to listen to as much of the book talks as i could i was popping in and out of everything it's kind of funny my my goal this is an aside but my goal was to try and either catch the beginning or the end of everything uh <laughs> everything i could because i was at frankie's and i'll i'll, I'll talk about that later but I wanted to hear the beginning and the introduction or the ending and the, the vibe that everybody was left with at the end of somebody's set for pretty much everybody. So for most people, that meant I caught the beginnings of pretty much every set. And that's cool because then you get to hear Corey or Tim introduce the band. Uh, but then I hopped around as much as I could to, to try and catch everything at the Shad Bolt. So I did that with the book talks. I didn't get to hear any of them in, in their entirety. But one of the things that I remember, and I'm not sure yet how much this applies to the current scene. I want to ask Chris Wong about this because he's the next guest on the Rhythm Changes podcast. Hello, I'm talking about Jazz of the Bolt. Um, <laughs> I wanted to ask Chris about this because he researched it so much 
but he in the in the excerpts from both books one of the themes was there was a divide back then in the 50s 60s 70s i guess or in in two generations back of musicians between the downtowners and the jazz musicians with jazz and air quotes because the downtowners were the class of Vancouver jazz musicians who got to play bigger, better paying gigs at the cave supper club and got to play with CBC or do CBC radio sessions. So the downtown musicians had steady work. And then there were the real in again, in, in air quotes, jazz musicians who played at the original cellar, which was in what you would know as Mount Pleasant. So the vibe of being East Van versus downtown, you could still imagine that. But the real jazz people, they didn't have those CBC gigs or playing in the band at the cave all the time to get more bread, as the jazz musicians would say. But the thing was the downtowners, they still very much felt like jazz musicians and they wanted to participate in the jazz community as well. And so they would then also go and play at the jazz spots. Like the people who I'm not going to name names off the top of my head, but in the book, the people who are identified as the downtown jazz musicians who got to play the bigger gigs and got to play the CBC sessions, they would also then go and participate on the other side as well. And maybe there was some tension there between the, real in air quotes jazz musicians and and those people who were more on an inside track but then what i enjoyed was of course there were the musicians who had the very sensible take of why are we squabbling about this why can't we all just get along ryan bennett real says it's interesting to hear about the history in vancouver i don't know much even though i'm from nanaimo yeah i mean i i grew up here i'm in my 20s I don't know any of this stuff. Um, it's something that bugs me a lot, actually, just personally, internally, doing rhythm changes, because I try and do what I do here, and I love it, uh, but my historical time horizon is shockingly bad. I know so little about the history of the scene compared to so many of the people who read my stuff. Uh, it's shocking. Like every day I discover things that are common knowledge in the history among the people who are really core people in this community. And I, I don't know anything about it. So it's fascinating. I'm just trying to catch up and like, it'll take me years and years and years to feel like I actually know anything about this community. But again, this is all, we're talking jazz of the bolt. I'm just giving my takes and my favorite things that have happened. I'm, I've got the program in front of me, so I'm just reading it down. Um, but we're also talking about the books the journeys to the band journeys to the bandstand chris wong that's been published and uh the fraser mcpherson book by the late guy mcpherson and their documentation of the history as well was a big theme of jazz the bolt the art part of my heart says i remember the cave from when i was a teenager yeah i remember <laughs> um we have talked about this how my grandparents talked about going there and like all the people they've seen there so and that's why I there's something in there, which is why I agree with those musicians who are like, man, it sucks that there's any tension between like two classes of musicians in one little city. Because if you just zoom out of the local scene politics 
as some people might call it, it's, it becomes so obvious so fast that the people who are playing the more normie gigs are the best entry point for most of the general public to learn about jazz in Vancouver. And I, I believe most, most takes and opinions that have that theme and a lot of them still apply today, but that's, that's probably a whole other conversation. Okay. So that's kind of the book talks. They happened. There were four book talks throughout the weekend. Um, Atlee King is the next artist on, on the Saturday in the morning. Uh, the studio theater at the Shadbolt, in my opinion, was the best sounding room. Everybody played so delicate in there. All the music I heard in the studio theater was soft, but dynamic. People played so sensitively. Everybody who played piano in there was amazing. The piano sounded awesome. I mean, all the music sounded good, but the studio theater sounded phenomenal. Atlee King, his album is called Unconditional. Brad Turner, first appearance of the weekend, playing trumpet. Atlee played with his friends Max Huberdeau on piano, David Caviero on bass, Arvin Ramdas on drums. People I see often, people I hang out with often. It's really cool that they got their moment early on. Jazz of the Bolt, really incredible seller album. Also, there's the theme of vibraphonus. Because then you have Jalen Baker, who is the first international artist to pop up. Jalen played at Frankie's on the Friday night. So one of the things that I did was I got to meet the international artists who were playing at Frankie's at the hotel and go with them to Frankie's, which it's actually easy to do because, oh man, Carson in the house. Love you, dude. I don't know where you are, but thanks for tuning in for however long. Um, Talking jazz at the Bolt, giving takes, answering questions, AMA, and hot takes, maybe. <coughs> um, I got to meet, <coughs> oh, excuse me, <coughs> I got to meet the international artists and go with them to Frankie's. I'm going to get some water. <coughs> yeah, Jalen's band was the first band I got to meet. Super nice guy. He's around my age. He's from Houston. Um, he had a long history with two of his band members who were also raised in the Houston area. And then he went to Florida State for university. And that's where they met the bass player. And they were just cool, cool guys. I enjoyed hanging out with them, meeting them at the hotel, taking them to Frankie's, listening, listening to their music at Frankie's. It was great. Wow, I really I really had some had some issues down the windpipe there. My goodness. Yeah, so Jalen played on Saturday afternoon and he you know, he's the vibraphonist. Atlee King is our vibraphonist here in Vancouver. They both put out albums on seller. I actually did a thing at Rhythm Changes where I got them to give me a reaction they had to each other's music. So that was fun. I'm I'm always looking for ways to do anything other than publish the 400 to 600 word music review, album review that people have done for decades and decades. That was a cool example of one. You know, you got two vibraphonists, one here and one international, putting out albums on the same record label it's based here, and you can compare them. Um, but I think one of my favorite things I heard all weekend was a trio that was booked by Tim through the Infidels side, and they played one of the first ever 
Frankie's Late Shows in 2022. And it's the the Francois Uhl, Gord Gardina, and Kenton Lowen playing the music of South African free jazz composers. Uh, just the most happy and energetic music maybe of the whole weekend. Francois was like, we should take all these chairs out of here and just dance. Uh, <laughs> and it it makes you want to, it makes you realize like, you know, you think infidels jazz and you think free jazz and you think, you know, this has, this actually has nothing to do with Tim or the infidels, but like for me, I didn't grow up being a free jazz person. You know, you hear free jazz, you think complex, elite, unintelligible. Uh, that's what I would have thought at least. But then you listen to something like this and you realize that like the, the more creatively minded avant-garde, more improvisationally minded, the freer side of the music, it can be happy. It can be physically energetic. It can be working class. I think that I think there's like this working class aesthetic and and ethos that runs through the improviser scene in Vancouver uh, to its credit, I think. But this was one of the favorite things I heard all weekend. I don't know who has good video clips or recordings of it. I, I have some. I'm, I'm going to figure out how to share some little clips with you from the weekend, but that music of South African free jazz composers. That was one of my favorite shows of the whole weekend. I'm going through the program of Jazz of the Bolt. I'm going to flip the page here. <coughs> I've got it right here. Just talking Jazz of the Bolt. Because it's done. And it's a holiday. And that's amazing. Yeah, that's not going to work. That's in the, it's in the view of the, it's in the view of the frame. Okay, so unfortunately, this is the point where you got to the part of the program that I missed. Because... Again, one of the things I had to do was meet the artists and take them to Frankie's. So I met up with uh, Venetia Gould, vocalist, and went with her band to Frankie's. And so I missed all of these things that happened on the Saturday night. Saturday night, um, Andrea Superstein with her new album, Oh Mother, on Cellar. Corey, I missed him. I missed his set. Uh, he played the, the music of his uh, Just Coolin' quartet project. Uh, I missed Mimosa with Anna Lumiere and her band. They have an upcoming album on Cellar. And I missed one of the international artists. I missed uh, Dana Stevens. Um, he has a new album coming out on Cellar as well. And I missed his quartet with guitar, bass, drums, because I was at Frankie's. So I want to hear more about uh, those sets from the people who were there. But I missed those because I had to go to Frankie's early for like a sound check time. But I got to hang out with Venetia Gould, vocalist, uh, Chris McCarthy, piano, John Sims, bass, and they played at Frankie's. It was wonderful. Venetia was a very captivating performer, awesome vocalist, kind of like Carmen McRae, kind of like Betty Carter, kind of like Sarah Vaughn even. Um, had the crowd, just won over the crowd at Frankie's, and they stayed there all night and loved it. <coughs> Talking jazz of the bolt, but I can also answer anything that's on your mind. You can ask me anything about what I do or Vancouver jazz or anything. I'm just here to chill and like force myself to sit down and do nothing on this holiday now that Jazz of the Bold is over. I missed the Bruno Iber trio. They have a new album coming out as well. Uh, Bruno with on piano, of course, with James Meager and, and Joe Poole. 
uh, they've played a couple of times previously in Vancouver as well while they were recording the album. So this wasn't my only chance to hear them, but I missed them because I was at Frankie's. I missed uh, Bonnie Northgraves, my friend, who also books the second floor gas town and has been on the Rhythm Changes podcast. But what I did catch, the last thing I caught on Saturday before I went to Frankie's was Brad Turner Trio with him on piano, Darren Radke on bass. Uh, <laughs> if if you know, you know about, about uh, that combination of him on piano and him on drums. Uh, that's all I'm going to say. Uh, it's been 10 years. <laughs> um, yeah, that was, I think that was like sonically in the room, live sound wise. I think that was like the most sweet, sensitive, delicate sounding thing I heard all weekend. Just Brad's touch on the piano and how he played into that room in the studio theater in the Shadbolt and how good it sounded. It was phenomenal. That album is called North Star. It came out on Cellar digitally last year. Uh, in the introduction, Corey talked about how he did the album as a passion project, didn't have any commercial expectations for it, and they put it out digital only. But then it started getting picked up on playlists and it became like one of the most profitable seller releases of the year, even though it was Canadian, uh, which I really dig. Uh, you never know what, what, you can, uh, what you can accomplish out there when you already have a pretty good hookup. Like seller has a good digital distributor. La Reserve Records, the co-founders of that distributor, they were there. They, they flew into town and they hung out during the weekend. I didn't really get to hang out with them, but that was a special gesture that they came out here to meet some of the artists that Seller is putting out through them. Yeah, Brad's trio sounded awesome. And Brad did a whole bunch of stuff throughout the weekend. Like I mentioned, he already played trumpet with Atlee. He played trumpet in the big headliner act last night too. Man, my voice is still not here. Ooh. <laughs> okay, so Venetia Gould, I heard her at Frankie's all night on Saturday night. And then she played on Sunday. Just seems like a good hang. Um, always kind of dancing around on stage. Talking through the tunes. Like It's not like the, the song stops and then she talks and then she starts singing the next song. That doesn't, that's not really how she rolls. Um, it's like the, the band will start vamping or playing the tune and then she'll start talking over that about what the next tune is. And like at Frankie's, she was even like reading the lyrics to each tune in their entirety, like just as if they were a poem or something, uh, over top of that while talking about it and then would launch into the song. It's pretty silly. Uh, I loved it. Um, yeah, her songs were uh, very well delivered, very well performed, and she she was an engaging talker about it too. And Jalen Baker was was also a very good talker, um, very charismatic folks, very very charismatic performers. Venetia Gould is recording today as we speak, actually at Monarch Studios for Seller, and her next album with the band that she played with, the Jazz of the Bolt, uh, will come out on Seller in the future, but that's being recorded right now. But what is already out is Sharon Minamoto. Her band played in that awesome sounding room, the Studio Theater. Sharon, John Bentley, Darren Radke, Bernie Arai. Again, that's Darren and Bernie, the rhythm team. Getting to hear them two days in a row. That album is called Dark Nights, Bright Stars. I think I got that right. It's one of my favorite local albums of 2023. What 
strikes me about this band, Sharon, John, Darren, and Bernie, is they have all known each other, been friends, been collaborators, played with each other, played in this community, held down mutual friends uh, for over 30 years, nonstop, because they all met at Caflano University, I think around 1991 was when they all were there. And so they put out an album in 2023 after being mutual friends in a scene for 32 years. Like, <laughs> that's special, man. That is mind-blowing. I'm halfway there. <laughs> I have friends who I've been friends with in this scene for 15 years now, which already feels incredible. But that's another 15 plus years before we would get to the length of time that those four have had together. It's just super cool. Jeff's in the house. Good to see ya. Talking jazz of the bolt. The Sharon's band sound great. The, the album sounds great. So do the live tunes. This is another special thing. This is from the infidels side booked by Tim, uh, Rasheed Adams, recent rhythm changes podcast guest played with her trio. It's kind of like a, a classical compositional approach almost. It wasn't really like swinging jazz or anything. She played like a, a, a composition by the late Ryuichi Sakamoto, played a composition by Wayne Shorter, which several people did, um, by the late Carla Bley. Um, that, kind of, that kind of music that, that crossed over. Dan Gauthier in the house. I heard you play, sir, over the weekend. Great job. We're talking jazz of the bolt. So we're talking about you. In fact... I was just talking about how much I love Rasheen's trio. Um, special blend of how of how she approached it. Very personal, very compositionally oriented, very avant-garde oriented. Gave lots of time to feature every instrument. I enjoyed that set a lot. Yeah. Kudos to you, Dan. Frankie's Late Show, Saturday night. Set at Jazz of the Bolt Sunday. Love it. Hope to hear you again soon, man. Ollie Gannon uh, played later that afternoon. Always turn out to hear him. Uh, wouldn't be controversial to say he's one of my dream Rhythm Changes podcast guests. Uh, hope to have him on at some point. Got a lot of people on that list. Believe me. Heard a little bit of Steve Caldestad after that. Swinging stuff. He had a funny moment where I actually still haven't resolved this. Hey, there's Cephalos in the house. How you doing, Cephalo? Talking Jazz of the Bolt. Tell me your Jazz of the Bolt takes. That's what I'm doing. I'm just chilling. I'm trying to force myself to do nothing today because it's a holiday. So I thought one way I could do that was to force myself to sit down in front of my IG Live for a little bit. You could call it Monday School if you like. If you know what I mean. Yeah, Steve Caldestad, he had this thing where he said, oh, the next tune I'm going to play is uh, The Night Has a Thousand Eyes. You know, there's a famous version by Coltrane. It's a jazz standard. And he's like, my factoid that I'm going to share with you in, in my banter here is that the songwriter of this song, no takes yet, says Cipallo. Okay, no worries. Um, <laughs> uh, Night Has a Thousand Eyes, the, the, 
the fact of what I'm going to share with you, says Steve, is that the, the guy who wrote this song, he also wrote 57 songs for Elvis. <laughs> and then Steve was like, oh, is that even true? I, I mean, I saw that on the internet and I wanted to share it with you, but how could that possibly be true? Um, and then Chris Gestrin, who was playing piano, was like, oh, what do, what do you mean? That's, I have different people's names on this chart. I got to go back in my voice memos and find out what those names were. But I looked it up and it's true. The dude who wrote The Night Has a Thousand Eyes is a songwriter who wrote 57 songs by Elvis Presley. Just unreal. <laughs> Different era. You need to churn out songs so that your performing artists could record them and get them on the radio and you could make lots of money exploiting the artist. It's good times. It was probably good, actually, that the money didn't go to Elvis because then um, his manager, Colonel Tom, would have just stolen all the money. <laughs> Noah Franch Nolan Trio, uh, better known as the band of Rogaverse. Uh, Noah with Jody Prosnick and Nick Bracewell. My gosh, I was watching that with Chris Wong, with the, the book author, the, the author of this book that I keep pulling out. I was watching the ending of, of that set with him. Uh, sounds like Tin Pan Alley. Yeah, exactly. It says Cephalo. It was a, it was a machine. Um, and it's, it's funny, actually, that you say that because it's like, that's, this is in the mid-50s where Elvis was breaking out. So it's like Tin Pan Alley was still doing its thing in the, in the beginning of, of rock and roll or in the popular consciousness of rock and roll that ended up turning into the whole revolution in the 60s. Um, Noah's Trio, I was watching it with Chris Wong. And after, after it ended, I, I turned to him and I was like, Chris, did you ever hear the Brad Meldow Trio live? And he was like, yeah, I did. And I said, did it sound anything like that? And he was like, yeah, kind of. <laughs> uh, Noah was playing with fire, man. I love, speaking of Tin Pan Alley, I love, I love the Noah Franch Nolan trio, Night and Day, by the song composed by Cole Porter. Um, Noah recorded that song with Jody and Nick on his Cellar album that's called Within the Stream. Um, just fire, just his version of that. Uh, it is on the recording too, but man, when you hear it live in that room, the, the Room 103 at the Shadbolt, it's kind of boomy sound-wise. Uh, it's certainly n it's not the studio theater. I don't think anybody would expect it to be because it's kind of like a breakout room or like a, a conference room or a speaking room. It's not actually optimized for you to play music in it. But, and so, when, you know, if you play loud in that room, it's going to be loud, even if it's just a, a jazz piano trio. Um, but when, when Noah and Jody and Nick played that, his version of Night and Day by Cole Porter, it was like powerful. It was, it was like Brad Meldow, Art of the Trio level stuff for me, in my opinion. Uh, and I never heard uh, Brad Meldow, Larry Grenadier, and Jorge Rossi. I, I never got to hear that trio live. Night and Day is one of my favorite standards, says Paolo. Yeah, I've, I've never played it. That's interesting. Um, I've, it's, never been, it's never been a tune that I really... I probably couldn't play it now. I probably, I probably couldn't hit the changes of that without looking at a sheet. Um, some of my favorite standards that I always play would be like... I've never been in love before. Polka dots and moonbeams. Corey Weed's in the house, boss. How you doing? I'm just talking jazz at the bolt and chilling. Um, but I, I know I know what you're up to today, and I hope everything's going great. I, I was joking with the people that you could call this Monday school. <laughs> so I hope things are going good. Everybody give your love and respect to Corey. He worked so hard all weekend. I've got my program here and I'm just going through and talking about Jazz of the Bolt and all the stuff I heard. And if you have any takes or questions, I'm here to, to catch you.
yeah, Noah Noah's trio, great album, great set. Got to hear Mike Allen trio. That's a cordless sax trio. Him with uh, it was actually ended up being Adam Thomas on bass and Julian McDonough on drums, swinging stuff. His his tone is so controlled. He's such a pro. He's such a legend. I love Mike Allen. Um, he played music of two of his recent albums. One's called Just Like Magic, and one is called To a Star. To a Star is the most recent one. Um, okay, so Neil Swainson, Sextet, the other big headliner. Um, out of towners, not international. This, this is a Canadian band. Neil Swainson on bass. Rini Rosness, legend on piano. Uh, Brad is back. Brad is playing trumpet. Then you got Steve Davis on trombone and Kelly Jefferson on saxophone rounding out the front line. And you had Quincy Davis on drums. I mean, all the piano players, you know, you want to hear Rini Rosness play piano. She's incredible. Uh, it had me looking up uh, YouTube footage of Rini Rosness shows from the late 80s. It's pretty incredible. Um, you know, she's she's younger than me and my friends are right now in the, in the late 80s. And she's like ripping through standards like I Hear a Rhapsody um, with some of the heaviest jazz musicians ever of the, of that generation playing with her i i want to continue my reading rosin's deep footage deep dive maybe i'll do a maybe i'll do a, a subscriber article where i'm like my reading rosin's youtube footage expedition um yeah neil's sextet also is going to record a new album for seller they're recording today and tomorrow um so they they performed their two sets on the Sunday, and that's the that's some of the music that's going on the album. And the arrangements were great. The horn playing was was great. Rini was phenomenal. Um, <laughs> Neil is such a funny talker. You know, I was talking about how uh, <laughs> how Jalen, you know, young guy from Houston, great talker, um, very charismatic, had everybody laughing. One funny thing actually that uh, Jalen said, I'll tell you. So Paolo, sad I missed that show. I really love take of sounds around the house. Okay, fuel for my for my deep dive. I gotta find this stuff. Thank you. Um, so Paolo, she introduced me to Beatrice too. Beatrice by Sam Rivers, the tune that a lot of jazz musicians play. Yeah, I've I've played that tune a whole whole bunch with like Thad Bailey Mai. Um, that's a good one. That's one that a lot of us play a lot of the time. Um, and with uh, actually. Uh, Andrew Ski Pasts on guitar. I played that tune a whole bunch with him too. Uh, yeah, sorry, sorry. I was saying Jalen. Jalen had a funny line at Frankie's uh, on Friday night. I don't actually know if he used it on Saturday, but he was like, "This next tune from my from my album says Jalen. Uh, it's got two million streams on Amazon Music, and I know none of you all are using Amazon Music. So who who are these people who are streaming it? Because like nobody uses Amazon Music." Uh, Jalen says, that's what I was thinking. But then I looked into it and I found out that it has 2 million streams on Amazon Music because it's on a playlist called Jazz for Pets. So I know who's listening now. I don't know if... Yeah. Yeah, yeah did you... Sabalo, did you, that was so funny. Did you hear that at... I can't remember. That Frankie's that night? Did he say it again on Saturday? Yeah, he was... But the point being, Jalen... He, you know, he was a funny guy, he's a good talker, charismatic performer. Venetia Gould, singing, obviously charismatic singer and talker, won over a lot of people. Uh, Neil Swainson, <laughs> uh, very Canadian is, is how I'll put it, uh, his, his speaking style on the bandstand. Obviously, he's a legend. Um, not the same talking 
between tunes. Uh, not the same banter style as those two. That's what I'm going to say. Um, yeah. Yeah, the, the, I didn't catch that much of Neil Swainson stuff. I was I was going in and out of his sets a lot to, to go hear the other things. There's only two more things that I haven't mentioned. One of them, um, I actually want to just shout out these two people because they both encouraged me so much at Rhythm Changes. Uh, Tom Keenly side, woodwind player and flautist, saxophonist. Uh, he has a new album coming out uh, on Cellar next month. We'll tell you, Sapala. We'll tell you what it was after we played it. That's that Miles Davis thing, right? Where he's like, I'll play it and I'll tell you what it is later. He says that before one of his famous tracks. Uh, I think it's If I Were a Bell. Uh, his his famous 50s take of If I Were a Bell. Um, yeah. Tom Keenly side uh, with his album coming out soon. And Melody Dacian, who drove in from Nelson with her husband, Doug Stevenson, who plays bass. And she performed music from her... WCMA award-winning album of Sting covers. I've uh, published a review of that on Rhythm Changes back when it came out. But uh, Tom, you know, I've I've talked to several times. Melody, I actually met for the first time uh, last night. But I just wanted to shout out Tom and Melody because they both encouraged me and supported me a lot at Rhythm Changes. So that's one of my favorite things about Jazz of the Bolt was just that critical mass of people who were there. Yeah, yeah, Melody and Doug. Yeah, I know, big deal. Uh, uh, big deal in the community. Sapalo shouting them out too. Yeah, awesome. Um, yeah, I the the critical mass of people who are people who have meant a lot to to me and helped me do what I do. Uh, that's my biggest selfish takeaway from the weekend. Is just a lot of those people were in the same place and I got to see them all at the same time. It's probably what the jazz fest is to a lot of people as well. I haven't quite been around the jazz fest for long enough for that to be my association with it yet. Yeah, exactly. Shout outs to, to Mel and Doug. See, this is the, this is the other thing that, that I mentioned and yeah, Dan Gauthier shouts him out too. Thanks Dan for sticking around. Appreciate it. Appreciate you. Um, what I mentioned earlier was, uh, even though I'm here doing, trying to do what I do at rhythm changes, my time horizon is shockingly short and I know so little about the history and I'm like reminded of that every single week. It's like, yeah, I'm trying to, I'm trying to do the gig list. I'm trying to pay attention to what's going on. I'm trying to talk to people, but because I haven't been around for very long, I know so little about the history, and that's why I love that Chris Wong's book came out, and why uh, the Fraser McPherson book is coming out, and all the conversations I get to have with people, and I actually get to learn about the history. Because for me personally, you know, my very, very first playing days were maybe about 10 years ago now, like 2014 or 15. But, you know, I was a teenager. I didn't really know how to talk to people or make new friends very well for a number of reasons that a lot of people have at that age. Uh, so my real time horizon, it really doesn't even go back before COVID because after those first couple of years when I was coming up, I went and I played in a folk band and I was absent. I didn't really come back and start participating again until I started doing rhythm changes. So I have like this ahistorical um, life span in this community so far that I'm. it'll take me years and years to, to get through, but I love it. So Paolo, I always feel like I just missed out on the post 2000 heyday in Vancouver. That's, that's interesting. That's a take. I appreciate that. Um, again, like I, I wouldn't even know 
how to check that. Um, that what I know about the early 2000s would be, you know, the you could arguably say, and this could be a spicy take, but you could say the the peak of the Vancouver Jazz Festival, at least at its current lifespan. Um, you had the beginning of Corey Weeds' Jazz Seller and of Seller Live, the first couple albums coming out. In my mind, I don't know if that counts as a heyday, but what I would say and that I just kind of got into experience was that the 2010s were a bit of a recession in the community, I, I guess would be the best way to put it, uh, that I feel like we have come out of recently, like kind of uh, in the wake of COVID. I think it, I, do, I don't think it's controversial to say that during the 2010s, a lot of venues disappeared and not a lot of them replaced them. And it was a bit of a low when you look back at it now. So, Paulo, I became aware of the scene just before O'Doul's and Cellar closed. Uh, okay, yeah, O'Doul's, I don't remember when it closed because I actually missed O'Doul's. I've talked about that with Vince so many times because Vince loved O'Doul's. That was like his jam. That was his place. It was like his tangent for me. Um, I became aware also just before the Cellar closed because uh, my dad used to take me to Corey Weeds' Cellar um, to see some of the shows there, we would go together. So I got to go to the cellar for a couple of years. Um, cellar closed. Actually, this is a good reminder because uh, I want to make sure we catch it. The to the day, the ten year anniversary to the day of the last show at the cellar is coming up. Like it's coming up in a couple of days. So got to make sure we hit that and 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 uh, celebrate the memories. O'Doul's, I think, closed a little bit earlier because I fully, fully missed it. I never once went to O'Doul's. So, Paulo, I've heard a lot of great stories about O'Doul's. Yeah, yeah, Vince Vince loved it. Um, I know, like, people like Jody, Jesse, and Tilden played there a lot, I think. I'm not sure. You know, another place I missed was 1067. Never got to go to 1067. Putting that out there. So, Paula, was that Katie Malik's show? Uh, I'm not sure what exactly you're referring to. Radio show? It's another thing I didn't really do. I didn't I didn't really listen to uh, any of the radio shows. Talking Jazz of the Bolt. I guess we kind of worked our way through the uh, through the program, though, and talking about what, what happened. So now we're just chatting about the scene and swapping takes and stuff. But people I got to hang out with, I guess, um, knew to dude. You know, I don't often get to spend a lot of time with him because he's always chatting with people, but I got to chat with him a bit more than I usually do, which is really nice. Uh, John Sims, the bass player with Venetia Gould. I had some good hangs with him. Shout out to John Sims. Cool dude. Um, when I was uh, when I was taking them to Frankie's, David Blake actually phoned him, which was hilarious because I guess they know each other in New York. And then uh, I got to get John to tell David that, oh, I'm with Will right now. And, and that was that was that was pretty funny coincidence the way that lined up. So Paolo, she had a C she being Katie Malik had a CBC retirement tribute show at the cellar. She was the host of CBC Radio's Tonic and earlier Jazz Beat. OK, gotcha. Yeah, I, I didn't know about that. That's that's before my time. Um, I, I do. I, I know 
I know that there was a radio show called Jazz Beat, but that was well before my time and I didn't get to listen to it. I know that at the time, the, there was a loss that was felt in the community when that radio show changed formats or changed names. But I don't really know anything beyond that. That would be before my time. Other people I got to hang out with this weekend, um, the Infidels All-Stars people who played yesterday morning. Uh, it was fun that they got to open. I, in my opinion, uh, not speaking officially from the Jazz of the Vault side, uh, I think next year, I mean, there's probably going to be a number of differences next year that I don't know enough about to mention right now, but I don't think you're just going to see Tim's Infidels booked artists first thing in the morning anymore next year. I think you're going to see them in the prime time or in the middle of the day because they don't need to just be the first thing in the morning ones. I mean, Roisin played at one th they were playing at one thirty as well. But I think those that's going to be more integrated next year and less uh, less separate, I guess. If I had to think about what my favorite things that I saw, just my top, if I had to pick a top three, I have a clear top three in my mind. Uh, my favorite, in no particular order, my three favorite things that I heard at the Shadbolt were Brad Turner Trio, Rasheen Adams Trio, and South African Free Jazz. And my honorable mentions would be uh, and I'm excluding Jalen and Venetia, actually, because they played at Frankie's. I got to hear them play like four times. Um, other than those people, um, then my honorable mentions would be like Noah's Trio. And oh, if I had to pick one more off the top of my head. Uh, Melody. Melody Dacian. Those are my favorites. So I'm probably going to post this. I'm going to rip this audio and I'm going to put this on the Rhythm Changes podcast feed. Just as kind of my live ramble. Reacting to Jazz of the Bolt. And then later, I don't know how much later or when or who. In fact, this is probably going to be a subscriber thing in some fashion. But for the subscribers, I think I'm going to stitch together a bunch of the voice notes and... Uh, that I took of, of people's audio and uh, the MC introductions to the shows. And I'm going to make like a little inside Jazz of the Bolt thing. It'll probably be for subscribers. Uh, but if not, obviously I'll share it and I'll post about it. Because I took a dozens of little voice memos i don't have like full length tunes i didn't do that I didn't film anybody's tunes or anything like that but i have like little voice memos of the mc introductions and of moments that i can like stitch together and talk over and talk about how it all went so um but that's it's gonna take a little bit of time to to, to post produce I, so i don't know when i'm gonna be able to put that out yet but hopefully i can get that out soon i was scheduled to like put out one of my collections of reviews tomorrow but that makes absolutely no sense. Um, be doing a disservice to those albums uh, to drop them like on the first working day back after Jazz at the Bolt. Uh, just doesn't make any sense. So 
I'll have a big, big collection of reviews later in the spring, like late March, early April. Um, certainly it'll have like over a dozen albums, I would say, because there's still a lot more great albums coming out this month, next month. Uh, and I have a lot of album reviews already in the can of ones that I've received and albums that have come out. So that's still to come. I'm going to have to hit it. So thank you for hanging with me. We were just talking jazz at the bolt and I will see you out there later this week at another show because we're bringing this energy all year. Bye.